It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said. Done. Yeah. I wanna pull it like the whistles. Yeah, you know what I mean. When I'm blue, I'm on the net. Girl, she went shots for the team. I was in high school with dreams. Now I'm almost looking clean. Teaching games like a dean. Coach all these girls to a ring. Hey guys, welcome to the Locked On Wizards Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, Troy Halliburton. And join with me, I have some very, very special guests. It's a, a mega pod. I have uh, Brianna Holmes making her first appearance on the podcast. Uh, you, you might know her from uh, asking all of the best questions at the Scott Brooks press conferences. Uh, and, and she works for WKYS uh, 93.9, the radio station. Uh, we have uh, Becca MVP, uh, the real MVP. Uh, shout out to Wanda Durant, but the real MVP, uh, uh, Miss Becca Winker. Uh, doing amazing things over at Wizard Extra, and my guy Chris Krause. Right, Chris, how you doing today? Hey, what's up, man? Hey, hey, ladies, how you all doing? Doing good. We got a win tonight. Yeah, we're here um, in Capital One Arena. We're in this uh, dressing room. I, I, I think this might be one of the, the Wizards dancers' dressing room. But uh, we're in here after the Wizards came out, uh, eked out a, a very big win, one eighteen to one twelve over the Atlanta Hawks. And uh, keeping their very much fleeting uh, playoff hopes alive. Uh, what, what were you guys' impression of the, the Wizards being able to uh, eke out this victory after, you know, they were up uh, as much as, what, I think, 18 points in the game. And I thought that they were going to be able to run away with this and Brad would be able to sit out the fourth quarter. But, you know, in classic So Wizards fashion, uh, the Hawks made a uh, comeback behind a career night from uh, Cam Reddish. But what did you guys think about the team being able to pull out the victory? We'll, we'll start with Brianna here. Um, yeah, this was this was an exciting game. Of course, when we saw that they were up early, we all got excited. But as we have watched the team for very long, you can't relax all the time uh, <laughs> once that happens. So um, it was a little nerve-wracking towards the end. But I'm happy to see that the defense had kind of pick up. And even though, like, we – um, saw Rui didn't have the best game, but he was still able to be effective in other ways. And um, so that was good to see. Yeah, so you just admitted that you were nervous heading down the stretch. It's okay. Yeah, it was getting, it was getting, it was getting a little too close for comfort. You know, it was just like, what? You know, it was like you looked up and it was like, now it's 
what, three-point difference or whatever, however close it got. And exactly. Like, what? But I know if you're, if you're sitting next to Becca, then I know that like you all were like uh, probably biting your fingernails because like uh, Becca worries so much, and I, I love it because I mean she she she's just so optimistic, and as soon as the team stops doing bad, she she starts freaking out. So yo, Becca, like on a scale of one to ten, how big was your freak out when the uh, the Hawks got the lead with to within uh, four points, I believe, in the in the in the last two minutes of the game? Um, well, it was pretty moderate, honestly. I, I think they can testify to that because Bree has seen me in so many worse situations. So honestly, it was like nothing. But um, as far as getting the win tonight, I think it was really important to get the win after a really rough road trip out west. Yeah, so I mean, I think it was. It's good for them to get their confidence going. Yeah, they, they needed they a confidence it. booster for they sure. Uh, as you said, they went uh, one and three on their uh, West Coast road trip. And, you know, the, the worst thing about it was like, I mean, they were getting mollywopped in those, you know, second two games. I know they, they were down as much as I think, what, 27 points against Sacramento. And uh, at least they came back in that game and like made it competitive. Jeez. I mean, I that was. I called my dad to wake him up. He was so <laughs> mad that I did that because they ended up losing. Exactly. So yeah. the next night he says, don't call me again. I don't care if they're up by 100 points. <laughs> I do not want to hear about it. Yeah. No, I definitely blame those uh, 10 p.m. start times for throwing my uh, sleep schedule off right, for right. this week, though. But, Chris, what, what, what did you think about the, the Wizards being able to uh, eke out this victory uh, against uh, Atlanta Hawks? And we have to start by saying that the Hawks played a game without Trey Young. So, I mean, when, when you talk about, uh, uh, you know, a G League level roster, I mean, they, they played the – the uh, the College Park Skyhawks oh, tonight. Did Capella and, play? <laughs> I didn't say all that. But. <laughs> oh, wait, did Capella play tonight or no? No, no Capella. Oh, yeah. yeah, so I mean, John Collins pretty good. Cam Reddish is, you know, he's up and coming. Yeah, they have a good squad. Yeah, Cam Reddish literally had his best game of his career against the Wizards. Like, it, but you know what my, my favorite Everybody part? Everybody has the uh, best game against Reddish. the Reddish. <laughs> Reddish tried to do a dunk. And he was like, did you see that? Two hand, <laughs> and he said, yeah. <laughs> I mean, if he threw that down, that was fantastic. Exactly. Yeah, but I'm he glad did. he did it. Next year, next year, get somebody else. <laughs> Yeah, so I, I think that this is a perfect segue to talk about, you know, the fact that, you know, uh, Cam Reddish had, you know, a, a career night. He scored 28 points. And then when you look at it conversely, uh, Rui Hashimura uh, only had three points. And whether either one of these players like it or not, these guys will be connected to each other just because of the fact that, you know, there was a large percentage of the Wizards fan base who wanted them to take Cam Reddish with that ninth overall pick. And so I think that if you look at this one game sample size, you might say, oh, man, the Wizards blew it. But in actuality, Rui, Rui has had a much better overall season than Cam Reddish. But, you know, uh, uh, Cam, he, he came out and, you know, I, I got a chance to actually talk to Cam in the locker room after and I asked him, you know, uh, do you, you know, relish these opportunities to play against uh, teams that, you know, pass on you and then draft? And he had a very uh, good answer. He said, you know, that no, he, he doesn't think about it like that at all, that God put him in a certain place that he's exactly where God that's wants him to be. Yeah. Exactly. So, and I mean, that's a great way of looking at it. So, you know, I think that um, uh, for, for Reddish, he is in a uh, good situation in Atlanta because, you know, number one, like they had a, a guy that they drafted in front of him who, you know, DeAndre Hunter, I, I, I didn't know that he was even in the game until <laughs> until there's like two minutes left. He, I was like, I was like, I was like damn, like, <laughs> DeAndre, I thought he was out too. But, 
what, what, but what do you guys think about looking back after we have this uh, kind of half a season or three quarters of a season worth of uh, stats? What do you all feel about that decision that the Wizards made and drafted Rui over Cam? I mean, um, they well, Scott Brooks said tonight they're finally at 500 for the home, the home game. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, that's a, that's a good thing. But, um, yeah, I mean, I think that Rui brought something more, not only just on the court, but also outside the court. I mean, we're seeing so many different types of fans coming out. We're seeing, you know, everywhere he goes, he has, like, an entourage with him. And I think that that says a lot for the team, too, and how accepting it is and everything like that and bridging the cultures and all that together. Um, but also, I think, I mean, Rui, like what Scott Brooks was saying tonight, he's still getting used to a lot of stuff, like coming off of this road trip and coming here tonight and trying to adjust back into playing, I guess, it messed up his flow and rhythm, as Scott Brooks said um, tonight. So, you know, I think it's still, still a learning process, and I think – still have to wait and see. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we, and that's that's the thing. I think that's the key thing. I think that you know, it's it's we can we can judge you know how they played so far, but that doesn't mean that this is how it's always going to be. Right. And like, they're still very young players. They're both rookies, and so there there's going to be a learning curve for uh, both of these guys when it comes to, you know, being professional athletes. And so, you know, I don't think that we'll have the answer by the end of the season as to who was the right decision or who was the right player. It's going to take a while. Yeah, but like I said, I mean, we can't help but to compare the two. What are your thoughts on the whole uh, Cam Reddish versus Rui Hashimura debate? Well, um, (laughs) I was one that was a little confused when they drafted Rui, but it didn't take me long to see – um, the value of him, I did get to speak to Tommy Shepard a couple games ago about him, and he says, you know, he knows when to be mature and he knows when to um, have fun, and he ha- he's he's energetic, and that's really important. He says that um, he's one of the he's the funniest guy on the team. So it's just, <laughs> it's funny because we don't always see that, but because yeah. he, he knows when to um, be serious and he's really mature, and I think he's valuable in, in a rookie sense too. He's only a rookie. And as far as just to you know reiterate what you had said about um, who who's better and you know like we can't we can't base their whole career off of one season. We're gonna need to wait and see. So there's no there's no right answer. Yeah. Well, I mean, well, we're, we're here covering the Wizards right now, so the right answer is always Rui Hashimoto. Well, yeah. If, you, but- <laughs> if, you're not, if you're not on Team Rui, you're not on Team Wizards. Therefore, you need to. Go <laughs> All right, but Chris, what, what are your thoughts on this on this great uh, Rui Hashimura versus Cam Reddish debate of 2020? This is this is more is uh, in, this is more enthralling than than Biden versus Bernie Sanders. Oh, <laughs> oh, oh no! Oh no! We'll, we'll shy away from that one. But, uh, yeah, but Hashimura, he just fits better with this team than Cam would, right? Um, you know, if if Cam's going to be an all star, he's going to be an all star, and we missed out, right? If he's not, then the role he plays is. It's not going to mesh well with John, not going to mesh well with, with Bradley. And um, I think overall, Hachimera at the center position is going to be a thing. Uh, we saw it down the stretch. He played John Collins, and he, he manhandled him in the, in the post. Got two rebounds at, towards the end of the game that really secured the game. And I think that's going to be what we're going to see, you know, two, three years down the line as, like, the best version of the Wizards is him at center. And, and he can play. Yeah, I think I like the fact that um, – now, Scott Brooks has gone to uh, Rui Hashimura at center lineup. Um, I think that that West Coast road trip really kind of unlocked 
something within him because I, I think that Brooks went to that earlier on in the season, but that was like kind of out of necessity because the team, all the centers were hurt. And so he's like, well, we have to play uh, Rui at center. But now it's like they have, you know, Mahimi and they have Brian, they have Mo and they have uh, AP and they're all healthy. And he's still choosing to go to uh, Rui at center. So I feel like that honestly is an indicator to, you know, where they think that, um, you know, it can be heat that, that Rui can be effective on the court. And so when you look at, you know, with his build, like, you know, Rui's a, you know he's a strong guy. Like, and so when you talk, when you talk about like today's NBA, like if, if he can come out there and he can, you know, push guys around in the paint and kind of hold his own and be able to box them out and get rebounds, this could be a, a lineup that can unlock a lot of things for the Wizards. But, um, yeah, I, I, I think that it's definitely too early to call on this great debate. Uh, but, I mean, Cam got one in the ledger tonight. So, you know, he, he won the uh, battle, okay, but he will not win the war. war. No. Exactly. No, he will not win the war. <laughs> he will not win the war. So, but uh, that, I, I thought that that was good. And that was obviously a very important part of uh, why the Wizards were able to win. Like, with Rui coming up with those big rebounds, he had a big rebound that led to a jump ball, and then they won the jump ball tap, and, and he came back and got another rebound. So not only is demoralizing, you know, for the end of the game, if a team's trying to make a comeback, and you just, you know, keep getting these rebounds and keep uh, extending uh, the possessions. But um, I, I want to take a quick break right now, and on the other side of that break, I want to talk about uh, Bradley Bill, who had another ho-hum 35 points tonight. Mm-hmm. You know, just another day in the Hi. office for Brad. And so we, I, I want to talk about um, what you guys have seen from him over this streak. Uh, I think what's he's up to 21 games in a row now with 25 points or more. Yeah. And so, yeah, we'll take a quick break. And then on the other side, we'll, we'll, we'll dive into what we've uh, learned from about Brad's game over, uh, I guess, uh, since he's snubbed from the All-Star game. This Lockdown Podcast is brought to you by Home Chef. Now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down, how are your resolutions coming? One of mine was to order less takeout, cook more at home. But I'll be honest, I haven't been consistent. That is until I found Home Chef. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify the cooking experience and without robbing you of the joy of putting a dish together yourself. I'm Pescatarian, and they cater to a variety of dietary needs. I had this super refreshing ginger sesame salmon, a beautiful trout dish, and a super comforting shrimp and vegetable orzo dish, all of which took me less than 30 minutes to put together. For a limited time right now, Home Chef is offering all of our listeners 18 free meals plus free shipping on your first box, and free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. All right, guys. Uh, So Brad, like I said, another day at the office, 35 points. Uh, Chris, I'm going to start with you, man. What, what, what have you thought about uh, Brad's not his performance tonight of uh, scoring 35 points, but also like the, the fact that he came out and he really, you know, t- took it upon himself to make sure that the team was able to close out that game in the fourth quarter. Yeah, I think his scoring is on another level, and you can kind of see what he can do as a number one option. And, I mean, I don't know, like I, I, I think it's going to be really tricky when John comes back next year, but for now, you just got to enjoy it and, and let him run the show. Yeah, I mean, hey, speaking of, I think that there was a, a great article today uh, by Mark Spears in The Undefeated where they talked about uh, 
Brad's relationship with John. And, you know, I, I think that, that, that there was a lot made about uh, their relationship in the past right. where people tried to like kind of pit them against each other. And I think that Brad has really gone out of his way to make sure that he includes John and, you know, and, and to make sure that his legacy is, you know, still revered with the highest regard as it should be. And he gives John credit for helping him to become the player uh, that he is right now. And so when you look at, you know, some of the quotes that Brad had in that article, how he talks about that, you know, he and John are going to be able to mesh well. You know, when, when you think about, you know, Brad and him having to take on so much of the point guard and ball handling duties, this is something that he's not going to have to do with when John comes back next year and he can just focus on going out there and getting buckets. But and we've sh he's shown over, you know, the, the, the last, uh, you know, six weeks or so that I mean, that he's a certified bucket. So uh, and he shared tonight that he's been working with his trainer and changed the way that he shoots in order to get uh, to continue the streak and in order to improve his shooting. So he's not afraid to look at, I don't know, how many years has he been in the league? And he's like, I'm still going to switch things up. I might learn something new, like whatever. He's still open he's teachable to, yeah. Yeah, to a lot of things, which I think is going to be great, too, when John comes back. Um, because both of them are going to have to basically learn again how to work together, how to lead the team together, how to um, communicate on the court and all of that. So it should be interesting. <laughs> you know, I hate when people say that they've already tried the John Wall, Bradley Beal experiment. And while that is true, John Wall has not played in a long time, right? And Beal has... This is like his learning years, you know, developing years, and he's really changed the way he plays, his maturity, his leadership capabilities. You know, he knows when to, you know, let other players, you know, shine and have their time, and he knows when he needs to contribute. So I think it's going to be a little bit different this time around when John returns. Yeah, I think it'll be different too, just because I mean Brad is a much player. more mature. He's not a, he's not the same player at that's all. That's what it boils down. Exactly, to. like he's a completely different player, and so I think that uh, when you look at John and the things, when you look at John's skill set and the things that make him an elite point guard, is his ability to I mean get his teammates like wide open shots. Like that's the thing that makes John Wall the best. I thought I saw that there was a stat um, earlier this year where they were talking about. Uh, uh, players who have created the most uh, corner threes for their teammates. And John Wall was fifth on that list. And he didn't miss like two seasons. Like, <laughs> right. you know what I'm saying? Like, so this, like, this is like, for him to be top five on the list over the last five years, but he's literally not, he's not played in like half of those games. Like, that just lets you know, like, yeah, that lets you know that his specialty is getting guys wide open looks. And so when you look at Brad and, you know, at the beginning of the season, his three-point shot was kind of struggling a little bit. That's because, I mean, he's having to adjust to double teams and guys coming at him and, you know, having to pull up and shoot over two or three defenders. When John Wall's back, like, he can go he's back to, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm going to do a little back pin down and I'm getting the ball in the corner. I'm shooting wide open shots, like stuff that he's not – that he would never, ever get. So, you know, I think that, like like you said, Becca, like uh, Brad is a completely different player. He's grown so much as a player. And so their dynamic is going to be uh, really different when John comes back. What, what are your thoughts on this, though, Chris? I mean, I think you're going to see, you know, Brooks or whoever's here going to stagger the minutes. You know, or whoever's here. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Hey, Brooks, hey, 
just, 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 just slid that right in there. <laughs> you thought you were slick with exactly. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> but but no, I think they're gonna be. You know, you got to stagger the minutes between the two of them, especially when John's coming back. You know, he's gonna need the ball in his hands to get to get himself going, to get back in a rhythm. But um, ultimately, I mean, they're gonna be two of the five best players on the Wizards. You know, like like just how Salah cap is and who they can actually add. So uh, yeah, so they're gonna. It's gonna be. It's going to be the sequel to what we saw before, but it'll be slightly different. It'll be a better sequel. Yeah, it'll be a good sequel. It'll be it'll be the best sequel. So it'll it'll be the the Godfather two of uh, of sequels. Exactly. Oh, exactly. I mean, like that's what I'm hoping. Yeah, exactly. I'm not making any promises, but yeah. Uh, there's one thing before we finish up this with the with the wall bill topic. I do want to touch on something that uh, Briggs said earlier when she said that you know Brad gave credit to his trainer, and so shout out to uh, Drew Hanlon who is Brad's uh, trainer, and he also trains um, Jason Tatum, and he also trains uh, Kelly Oubre. And so when you look at all three of those players like and what they've added as far as a ball handling and shot uh, creating standpoint, I think that, you know, that's the best advertising for Drew Handlin's like services as an agent. I mean, as a trainer, because like every last one of those guys, you can see that they're adding different things to their, you know, their ball handling package. And so when you look at guys like, you know, Bill, uh, who was an all-star and he's taking his game up to another level. Tatum, who was, you know, going into his third year, he was a player who, you know, people were disappointed with how he played last year and he's made him, he's turned himself into an all-star. And Kelly, who was in DC, he was, you know, a, a bit player. He was a rotational player and he's developed in, in, himself into a, a certified starter now. Yeah. So it, I think that it's, it, we have to give Drew Hanlon a lot of credit for, you know, working with these guys during the all-season. <laughs> he popped it up with your head. <laughs> So shout shout out to Drew Hamlin. They need help, Marco. Hey, 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 that's hey, that's another one. Even though I don't know, I think they had a little bit of a falling out with their relationship. I don't know if uh, if, if Marco Fultz is going to make the uh, the Drew Hamlin website as far as bringing in endorsements. But I mean, hey, Markel might have gotten mad at Drew. But, you know, at the end of the day, he did help him with uh, his skill set stuff. And so Markel is literally having the best season of his NBA career. Um, but, yeah, I, I think that was a very important topic. I, I want to finish up. Uh, I'm going to take another break. And on the other side, I want to uh, have a Vince Carter appreciation uh, moment. So I, I, we, we saw uh, Vince. Uh, this will very likely be uh, the last time that we all get a chance to see Vince Carter uh, coming into D.C. So I want to go around the, the round table and just, 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 just say some nice things about Vince Carter. And it, it's good to give people their flowers while they can still smell them. So, you know, I, I think that Vince was definitely a a, a very pivotal player for the, that past generation in that post-Jordan era to help keep the NBA afloat. So we're going to take a break, and after that, we're going to say some very nice things about Vince Carter. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. All right now, Chris, are we going to finish up strong here, man? Well, what did you think about uh, Vince tonight? Uh, he, you know, he, he, he got a, a, a standing ovation, round of applause when he checked into the game. 
Uh, he, he had a play where he, he made he made the whole Hawks bench stand up when Davis Bertans went flying by him into the into the sidelines <laughs> and he stepped back and hit a three. But uh, yeah, yeah what, what, what what have you thought about Vince on his uh, on his uh, farewell tour? And what, what what are some of your fond memories of uh, uh, Vince Sanity over the course of his uh, twenty plus year NBA career? Well, first, I think it's really remarkable what he's doing at this age. I mean, it's just it's just kind of crazy, you know, to be able to play like 15 minutes and look like one of the best players really on, on the bench for the Hawks. Um, but something about Vince that I uh, that really stands out to me is when he went to the Mavericks, right? He, you know, before that he was kind of like a star. He came in, he, he you know, he's one of the main players, and he really embraced his role, which a lot of players, you know, really really didn't do it up till that point. And he created a whole second career for him. I mean, this was back. 2011, 2012. Mm-hmm. He's basically had a whole second half of a career as, as, as someone who, who you know can play a role off the bench, can play um, you know can play really any role you put him in, and um, you know a lot of players wouldn't do that. No, you're you're right. Like that, that's definitely commendable for him to go from being you know a franchise level player, NBA All Star, superstar, to be able to uh, humble yourself really into in order to play that role. It just says a lot about him and his character. Uh, Becca, what, what have you uh, thought about uh, you know Vince's farewell tour, and what are some of your fond memories of, of Sir Carter? Well, this is going to be hard for me to admit, but. Um I'm probably like I probably give John Wall the biggest um, hits on YouTube for his highlights, mm-hmm. but I watch more Vince Carter highlights than John Wall, and I know that's hard to believe because you know I'm always whisper. It's not that hard. No, it's not that hard. <laughs> but um, I spend a lot of time looking at um, his past years, and I'm always just like amazed, and you know I'll watch the same highlights over and over again, and it's just. He's fun to watch, and he's a legend. I mean, there's not much else you can really say. It's just, it's unfortunate that this is his last season, but, I mean, the way he's doing it, you know, still being able to play the way he does after 22 years in the NBA, I mean, that's just, that's amazing. Absolutely amazing. So, Bree, what, what, what are your impressions of, of, of Mr. Vince Carter? And give us some of your fond memories of, of watching him ball out over the last two decades. Wow. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's just crazy still to think about, you know, when for normal everyday people that have just like, you know, a job to go to, you might not think 22 years is a long time, but this is 22 years of a physical. Of, yeah, yeah, exactly. Of all of this, like, it, it's a lot. And so to see him, like, go through that, and even just talking to him just a few minutes ago, and, like, him not looking like it's, like, it's over. You know, we're, media is like, come on, you can do it. I saw him getting dressed like an old man at his locker. He, like, he, was like, he, was like, he was like really struggling. I was like, oh man, yeah, it's definitely time for him to hang him up. And you know, that's what he knows. He's like, I'm accepting this. I'm good with my 22 years. I think that's that's he's, respectable. He's yeah. content with it. Right. Exactly. He's like, I'm not thinking about the end of my tour. I'm just taking it day by day, and I'm enjoying it. And yeah. he, he's like, I'll process it when I have to. And I think he's really excited about his um, post-career, too. You know, similar to, like, Kobe, who had things ready. You know, he was yeah. lined up for after, okay, I Get know plans. that I'm done. Like, I know, but I have so many other things that I want to do. And even, like, Tim Duncan, like, a lot of people that are just, like, trying different things. And I, he's ready to get into media. And, I mean, he's already been it, doing it yeah. for a while. But um, he wants to do that, like, full on. So 
that's gonna be fun. I mean, people are not. You're not gonna really like be missing him. Yeah, he'll, 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 he'll still be around for sure. For sure. So yeah, for me, um, I, I agree with everything that you know uh, this illustrious panel has said about Vince. Uh, the, the one thing that I, I want to throw out there, like, I mean, we talked about his highlights. I mean, I'm not, I don't feel ashamed saying this. Like, Vince Carter is the best dunker that I've probably ever seen. He's the best in-game dunker. He's the best dunk contest dunker. Like, Vince Carter did like things that like that like are seem humanly impossible. Like yo, like uh, what, 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 what Aaron Gordon jumped over a uh, uh, taco oh, no. fall in a in a dunk contest. Yeah, yeah. Like Vince Carter jumped over a seven footer in a game. Like yo, like in, in a legit basketball like, game. Like yo, like you know what I'm like Vince Carter, like his athleticism and his ability to to finish dunks at the rim is like it's literally unmatched by anybody. Now I'm not old enough. I don't remember you know the Dominique Wilkins era. But, you know, like Vince Carter, I think that he brought a little bit. Uh, he had the, 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 the flying of, uh, of Air Jordan with also the power of a Dominique with his dunk. So, I mean, I know he didn't have, he didn't throw one down the night. But, you know, I just want to remember Vince Carter and his height being the best dunker that this game has ever seen. And speaking of dunks really quick, I think that um, <laughs> freaking um, Aaron should have won. Hey, I asked. Well, I, we I, all I, know I, that. I did. I asked Vince Carter this, and he you see, he, he's a he, he might have a career in politics too because he took. He said, "Oh, I didn't watch it, so I don't really know." Blah blah blah. He was and, good at maneuvering that question. He was very. Oh, he. Oh, and I kept following up, and he kept yeah. hey, exactly. He kept he kept worming his way around that one. So hey, he knows the media game very well <laughs> right now. <laughs> But uh, hey, guys! Like I, I greatly appreciate you all taking the time to to come on the pod, and you know, because there's a whole dance party going out there, and I know you guys are disappointed by not being able to participate in yeah, that. We got to see oh, yeah. Beyonce. <laughs> yeah, we got to see Beyonce. It was incredible. Oh my goodness! <laughs> Don't act like you weren't impressed, Troy. I, hey, I was very impressed. <laughs> all right, but hey, as always, though, I want to give you all an opportunity to uh, kind of plug yourselves and plug your work, and let the people know uh, where they can find you starting starting with Bree as the as the first time guest on the pod let, let the yeah. people know where, where they can find you and what's the best radio station in the DMV to right. listen to yes please make sure you are listening to all Radio 1 stations um, WKYS Team 980 Magic um, Praise um, it's a bunch of those stations anyways my name is Brianna you can follow me at Vids by Bree I'm a video producer, and so that's what I do by day. But um, I enjoy writing for the websites and everything like that for the Wizards. Yeah. Exactly. And, and hey, if you all ever watch a Scott Brooks press conference, you, you hear those questions that are coming. And Scott Brooks, whenever he has a smile on his face, nine times out of ten, it was a question from Bree. <laughs> no, nah, but go ahead. Back. I mean, everybody knows who you are, but you, you got to still, you got to still plug yourself, though. Um. Hey, guys. If you don't know who I am, then I'm sorry, but you, <laughs> wow, that's it's humble, humble, no, humble. No, yeah. I'm sorry because I've <laughs> sorry spent, you don't know me. Exactly. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry because I've done this podcast, and maybe I don't know. I'm glad that you're still listening because Troy is amazing. This could be a first time listener. Exactly. Yeah. This could be a first time listener. So, do you guys? Do you guys exactly. Want, do, do you guys want to talk for me? Because you can. No. Troy, why don't you? No, you can tell them where at because I'm done with it. Follow okay. her, Becca MVP. Thank you. Bruce. Exactly. We started out. You, I mean, everybody knows where to find you, but there could be possibly a first time listener out there. So, 
Let them know where to find you. You can find me at Becca MVP, also um, wizardsextra.com, at wizardsextra Twitter, and yeah. Boom. Ari, and finish up. And I'm Chris Krause. Uh, catch me at Slam Magazine, uh, heavy.com. Twitter is uh, at NBA Krause, C R O U S E. There you go, man. And Chris, Chris does uh, amazing things. Uh, just looking at salary cap stuff. I, I sit next to Chris at some games. I'm like, yo, is that a spreadsheet you got over here? <laughs> like, like, wait, wait. like you're an accountant, what's going on here, man? Nah, but Chris takes the, the he takes the job very seriously, and he's though. A Exactly. Yeah. There you go. There you go. No, this uh, is this is this, this this I'm going to go out on the limb and I'm going to say it's the funniest uh, Locked On Wizards podcast. And so this is perfect coming in uh, at 30 minutes. I know David Locke's going to be very happy oh. about that. Mr. Locke, if you're listening, Troy did it correctly, 100%. Nailed it. Hey, there we go. There we go. All right, but hey, as always, uh, thanks for listening, and we will see you all on Sunday when the Wizards take on the Miami Heat. Like Gilbert Arenas, now I'm chilling back, giving advice. I buy my girl shit that don't matter the price. They see that I'm taking, they try getting pants. Label money, I just tell in advance. I ain't cheating, I'm just trying to dance. She just trying to have me up in the trance. I'm in a strip like fuck it. They just trying to make some bucks. Love when I slap down my ones, but it bounced like a ball when I struck it. So if you ever see a real nigga like me, just let them live and just be how it be. Go to the club with them two and you'll see. With a J, we'll be on the same team. I want a baller like the Wizards. Yeah, you know what I mean. When I'm blowing on the net, girl shooting shots for the team. I was in high school with dreams, now I'm almost looking clean. Teaching game like a dean, coach all these girls to a ring. I want a ball, I like the whistles. Yeah, you know what I mean. When I'm blowing on the net, girl shooting shots for the team. I was in high school with dreams, now I'm almost looking clean. Teaching game like a dean, coach all these girls to a ring. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.